0: Hello and welcome to a Christmas special of <laughs> the Boys in Red and White podcast. As always, I'm joined by my best friend, Andre Grayson.
1: Hello, Mr.
0: Dow. Hello, and as Andre Grayson has just said, I am Mr. Dow, or other- otherwise Tom, um, which I forgot to say. But we are back with a another podcast fairly quickly after the last one. And uh, the, the reason for that is because... One, we, we thought we'd try and get a Christmas one in just before um, the big celebration. And secondly, uh, we thought it would be a good idea to talk about the recent games that, unfortunately, for a variety of reasons, we've been unable to attend. So mm. we'll obviously come on to that in a little bit. But uh, in general, it's been a, a bizarre week or so um, from our standpoint, because we are used to going into all the games. So it's been, a, been intriguing, to say the least. But yep. before we start, we need to return to our commentary quiz, which <laughs> uh, I think is a, now made a permanent return uh, to any podcast that we do because it's it's just a roaring success, isn't it? So, Andre, do you want to go first or second?
1: Uh, well, well I, I went first last. Uh, I, you guessed first last time. So, um, you know, let's flip it round. I'll go, I'll go first and we'll get the embarrassment out of the way if that's all right. Absolutely. No, no problem. Actually, I think I've got that wrong. Have I got that wrong? You tend to... Least irrelevant, least relevant decision ever.
0: This is. I'll read a... mine to you. Uh, okay, you're you're going to read yours to me, yeah?
1: Yeah. Okay. okay. <clears throat> He's going to roar past Watson here. Wonderful, wonderful. Mark guy. over
0: Mars Everton.
1: <laughs> 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 no. Yeah. No. Yeah. it is. Well
0: done. Yeah, uh, I mean, if, if if that had been wrong after the certainty that I said that statement with, um, I'd have been absolutely appalled. But uh, that's uh, a wonderful, wonderful goal, a wonderful memory, and obviously saw us on our way to uh, clinching the nineteen ninety eight uh, Premier League title. So it's a uh, yeah, a great one to kick off this uh, this festive podcast with. Not that it has any festive connotations, but,
1: but we, were, we were merry.
0: We were very merry. <laughs> Yes yeah, so at the uh, the tender age of 7 I was uh, I was I was watching that in a pub with my dad actually. <laughs>
1: Very good. I love it. I love it.
0: What are your memories of that game?
1: Do you know what? Um I don't know now because I've seen it so many times through Premier League years and other ways. If I remember the day, cuz I was, I was 6. Yeah. Um I definitely watched it at home. My dad was at the game. definitely, but I just remember being overjoyed. But I don't think quite what it meant dawned on me. It's really, I love watching that goal back now and imagining what it would have felt like then, having not won the league for seven years. Um, Little did we know. Um, Obviously, first league title in my lifetime. Um, I mean, when you watch it back now, What's crazy is just how good Mark Overmars was, to be honest, because he, he does raw past Watson. And whenever you watch the clips or games back or any sort of Premier League years where you see him, I think it's, he's one of the most underrated talents that worked. You know, when they talk about Wenger and all the players you have, Overmars doesn't really get mentioned. I don't think it's, it's straight to Petit Vieira and El Henry. He was amazing. He was amazing. In the modern day, he'd be doing what Mo Salah is doing.
0: Yeah, uh, he, he was he was phenomenal. He was my first, really my first hero as well, um, mm-hmm. because the 97-98 season was my fir- really my first year of really mm. getting into football. Um, which obviously I chose a good one to do. And I think I've told this story before, but that was uh, the year that my dad decided it was make or break for both me and my brother supporting Arsenal. So he he bribed us and said, if we win the league, he'd give us a hundred pounds each. And then if we won the FA Cup, he'd give us a further 50 pounds each. So it worked with me significantly. And obviously in later in later years, it's, it's worked with my brother as well, because uh, he, he's very much emotionally invested in Arsenal as well. Mm-hmm. But um that was my first real memory, uh, and I, I remember lots of different things from that season. I remember uh, my dad was working in London at the time, and I remember him phoning me when David Platt scored uh, the winner against Manchester United. Um, so that was that was obviously a, a, a nice a nice memory that I've got. I remember sitting in a car park in Margate, listening to uh, the reverse fixture at Old Trafford with Mark Overmars again being the star of the show. And I, I just, I just have loads of different memories from that season, and it's uh, really, really fantastic to to reminisce about. Um, but moving on, uh, now we've got, an, I, I, I've, I've got a really oh, tough no. one for you.
1: <laughs> Go on, just hit me with it. Come on, come on. I've got, I've got to get this.
0: Okay, it's a glorious t- uh, No, That's the wrong bit. I've started uh, at the wrong section. Right, let let's start that again but the, but this is a fantastic header it's a glorious teasing ball that's saying does someone want to go in after it
1: right headers <laughs>
0: <sighs> that's narrowed it down
1: because all are against Reading
0: <laughs> no <laughs> no it's uh, far, far more in line with the glory years
1: Is, is Andy Gray involved in this? It's Feels it, like yeah, it is.
0: that is that is an Andy Gray quote.
1: Okay, I can hear him. I can hear him saying it. And I, I can picture the, the ball. I can't picture which side. Would you like a clue? Yeah, I think I'd like a clue. Uh,
0: it was played at Old Trafford.
1: Right that would be Vieira in the correct. FA Cup correct yes oh, yes at last well done well Christmas done Christmas isn't ruined
0: <laughs> <laughs> Christmas
1: is saved <laughs> yeah yeah wonderful so I remember just... um, I remember We. I probably didn't realise how massive a game that was at 10 I probably didn't realise Spurs in the semi-final what it meant and you know he wouldn't have been captain by then, Vieira, the but he was in waiting, and that is just wonderful. That is a leader, a goal from a leader when we needed it most.
0: Yeah, I think I think that that summarises it perfectly. Um, it's a game that I didn't actually watch live because it was on a, obviously a Sunday afternoon, and. I was playing football um, then and my dad was uh, was there with me when I was playing. And my my overriding memory of this is my dad was trying his best to keep up to date with the score on the sideline by listening to a radio and also trying to be emotionally invested in my game. <coughs> and I remember really, really vividly that I scored a goal, which was rare for me because obviously, as you know, Andre, I'm a, I'm a defender at, at heart. Um and when I scored the goal, I turned to my dad, who was at the far side of the pitch, and he just started singing the Vieira song to let me know that Viera scored. <laughs> That's amazing. What a, I was, what a double whammy that is. Yeah, so i just scored, and I was celebrating, and my dad goes, Vieira, whoa! And I was like, okay, so Arsenal are either winning or drawing for Patrick Vieira's scored.
1: That's wonderful.
0: But yeah, it's a really, that. really lovely memory. But that, that goal in itself is one of my one of my all-time favourites because it's just such a towering, powerful header. Um, mm. And obviously the timing of it is perfect. And that's a game that I've watched the highlights back so many times. Um, and it's a game that we could easily have won 10-1 because we just absolutely <laughs> annihilated them. And I can't believe it was only 2-1. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, agreed. Agreed. I've actually got a question for you. Do you think we've ever scored another header at Old Trafford?
0: <laughs> um, right, I'm gonna have to think about this because the other semi-final we played at Old Trafford against Middlesbrough, there was an own goal, wasn't it, by Festa?
1: Okay, yeah, I'll take your word for it.
0: <laughs> so that wasn't a header. We won one nil. Uh, that yeah. was obviously in the, the the following season. Yeah, and then I don't.
1: Okay, okay. Danny Welbeck,
0: Danny Welbeck header in the three-two loss.
1: Very good. All right. And I believe Mustafi scored one. He did score one. You are right. (laughs) Very good. Okay. Why do we know this stuff? Um, It's beyond me, but we do. And it's great. Um, I love it. I love it. Very good. (laughs) Two great goals.
0: A very successful commentary quiz as well.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. It's rare. I finally held up my end of the bargain
0: yes um that is that is exciting stuff um okay so we'll we'll move on to obviously the current football now which the last time we recorded we were in a very despondent mood uh, following the losses at manchester united and at everton and it's fair to say that it's been a a real a real turnaround in fortune since then because we've we've been uh, near near on perfect since then in terms of picking up results and we've gone on a little run and everything seems rosy again. We sit fourth in the table. Last night we we uh, beat Sunderland in the quarterfinal of the League Cup to get to the semi final, and everything appears on the outset very very rosy going into the Christmas period. Um, hmm. The only downside has been, obviously, COVID has, has been a factor going into it. And obviously, we don't want to dwell on that too much. But I think it's important to sort of highlight that that has been the reason why myself and Andre have not been in the last two games. Um, because of uh, trying to protect our families getting into the Christmas period and trying to have as normal a Christmas as possible. So it's been a really hard decision to to decide not to go to Leeds and not to go to the Sunderland game last night. But I think, ultimately, it's, it's probably the only logical decision that both of us could have made going into those two fixtures. Would yeah. you agree, Andre?
1: I'd agree. I'd agree. But we'll be there at Boxing Day, don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, as soon as Christmas <laughs> is out of the way, we're there. I gave you a scare post-West uh, post, post West Ham. I was very worried. I was very ill. And I felt so guilty. And I was so relieved it was negative. Um, I was probably worse than the symptoms you get from our friend Omicron, but that was the fifteenth, so we were we were probably safe.
0: Yeah, I when you texted me the next day, I, I my my heart sank. I thought, right, <laughs> ten days going up to Christmas, this is going to take me right up to Christmas Day if this is, if this comes about, and then obviously the next day you texted me it just said negative. That's all you said. <laughs> I was like, Fantastic, Christmas is saved. Thank you, Andre. <laughs>
1: us uh, away and give us in equal measure um, yeah stress you just don't need it you just don't need it but, but, but I know. think
0: I think obviously that sort of brings us back we're going to try and cover the, the three games um, well I suppose it's been four as well since we've spoken haven't it because we we beat Southampton as well didn't we oh
1: yeah so we did so, so we, beat, we did.
0: We beat Southampton. Then obviously we beat West Ham. Then we beat Leeds. And we beat Sunderland. We just we just can't stop beating teams. But um, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll go back to those first two home games: the uh, the three 0 win over Southampton, and then the two 0 win over West Ham United. Um, two really really important wins, and two wins that have really set the tone for this little mini run that we've gone on uh, that has led to us being in the top four. Um, so what? What are your immediate thoughts about those two those two games, Andre?
1: Well, one, one's far more significant than the other, um, but we probably don't get the West Ham game without the Southampton performance and game. I mean, what I think you saw in the first 20 minutes of Southampton was a team that has lost in pretty poor fashion twice in four days because um, they ripped us to shreds at Hampton. And if we'd have gone behind... It would have been a real test for this team. One I wouldn't like us to go through. We will. We will go through other tests. Um, but once we went one nil up with a, a sumptuous move and I saw um, Danny Ceballos saying made in Arteta, which I loved. Um, but that's clearly what he wants us to do. Now, whilst it's glorious when it comes off, it, it does cause us other problems in in our lack of sort of jazz when we create goals. But once we went one-nil up, we looked absolutely fantastic. We played them off the park for the rest of that half. um, And that was most enjoyable. And we took that confidence into the West Ham game, which I was quite confident before, and many, many, many people weren't. But I I just, I don't know, I, I think we have, Player for player, better players than West Ham, and if we bring our A game at home, I think that's an important differentiator. Um, we'll beat most teams this season.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I, I think there was a there was a key uh, part of the Southampton game when we had about a ten minute spell of constant pressure, mm. where we hit the post twice, and just every time Southampton came out, we forced them back in. We pressed fantastically, and I think that's that that period kind of set the tone for what our test was trying to achieve and and we we started to sort of see the plan in action and then obviously against west ham i think our pressing game was fantastic um every player was was superb um and we just we we, we played them off the park we put, completely played them off the park they they didn't really threaten at all um 2-0 didn't flatter us in the slightest and i think we that that was a real statement win to to do that because obviously West Ham have been I know they've had a few few um, worrying results of late but I think they in general their season's been quite quite high flying so it's been really impressive for uh, for us to dismantle them um, as well as we did. And obviously there's going to be some people saying that West Ham were just terrible and that that was more down to it. But I think you have to look at the positives from our perspective that we played how Arteta wants us to play. And what came out of that um, also was the glowing performance of Gabriel Martinelli. And he is starting to recapture that form that he showed when he first arrived at the club. And obviously, it's taken him a long time to get over the, uh, that injury that he had. And I think now we're finally seeing a more all-rounded plan. And I think Arteta has played it absolutely superbly by keeping him out of the spotlight, keeping him and um, behind closed doors, so to speak. And trying to nurture him in that way, because now he's just exploded onto the scene. He looks like a completely different animal to a player that we've seen um, at other, other points of the season. So, yeah, really exciting. Well,
1: for sure. And I, I think it's quite hard to not wrap that into um, a Bamiyang, because yeah. oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably save that for afterwards. But, yeah, I mean, we... He was really affected, Martinelli, by his knee injury, clearly, and has taken time to come back. And now he's chomping at the bit, and we need him now more than ever. And he is taking both hands with his opportunity, um, taking this opportunity with both hands. The thing I like most is this player's goals. We do lack goals in the team. You wouldn't know it last four, in fairness, but we do, as a rule, lack goals in the team. I think, and seeing him produce what he's produced is just is thrilling it is totally exciting it's just oh fantastic and we just got to be so excited i mean i've seen the song updated to Saka martinelli smith Rowe. um uh, so look we've just got to be very excited about the future but what's amazing i'm sure you've seen the stuff the contributions of players under the age of 21 is growing and growing um, we've been waiting for him to come onto the scene and he's arriving. And he's arriving at a time we were desperately needed him in light of what's happening with Bamiyang. And he looks like he's goals. You know, I love smith I love Saka. And smith is our top scorer. So take this with a pinch of salt. Martinelli will be our 20 to 30 season striker. That is how he looks. And he might do it from the left, like um, our friends over at Liverpool tend to have. But he is end product and he is... He's just wonderful. Those two goals against Leeds, and the one those three finishes are sublime. Absolutely sublime.
0: Well, you look at you look at his four finishes that he's had this season, and obviously you've just said about three of them. But then the other one, um, at home, was it home to Newcastle? These other one?
1: Oh my God! Yes.
0: What a finish! <laughs> yeah. What a finish! It's just—he's a player that. Out of all the players in our squad, if I want a one-on-one chance to fall to someone, it's him, because Great. I just—he's flowing with confidence at the moment, and you just don't think that he's going to miss. Um, and I suppose, I suppose, now's probably a good time to start talking about the Abamiang situation, <laughs> um, because it's as you as you alluded to there—is it's impossible to um, really disconnect Martinelli's uprising um, with the demise of pierre and Rick Aubameyang's uh, Arsenal career by the looks of it, um, whether he can resurrect that in any capacity, we'll, we'll find out. But at the moment, it's, it's looking like Arteta's decision to sideline Aubameyang and strip him the captaincy. It's looking like it's paying off because since he's made that decision, we've won every game. And I, I know that's not going to happen. I know that we're not going to win every game now until the end of time. But we're not looking like a side that are missing Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And I, it's, it's it's a difficult one because of, obviously, his wage situation and how long he's le- got left of the club. I think is, it would it, be 18 months now he's probably got left.
1: Hmm.
0: um, And it's going to be a difficult one to sort of overcome, similar to the Ozil situation. But... What is impressive is that Arteta seems to be putting this culture into the club again. And he keeps making these bold decisions, which quite easily could backfire him. And he's coming out on top, which is great. But we also need to think about the angle of him struggling with these egos that maybe are at the club. But I think at the moment, it looks like he's
1: playing it right. What do you think? Results are everything. Resul- that's all I think is that if we'd have lost two out of the four, we just won. It, it would be a problem. It would be a problem for Arteta. I think we'd be considering we're on the back of Everton. Man, he makes a big call and you know, now he's lost the captain. He's probably lost the dressing room. <coughs> you know, yet we play Southampton off the park. West Ham don't get near us. We obliterate Leeds, although they they sort of were. Asking for it, really, weren't they? And then oh, wow. we have a beautiful performance in the cup from the squad players yesterday. You know, everything he would have dreamed of happening happened, you know? So it's just wonderful to see. It's wonderful to see that that Arteta's been proven right. I mean, what I said is he has big cojones, you know? He, and I love that about him. And he's not afraid to swing swing him around, you know? He'll swing him around the captain. He'll swing him around the dressing room. He'll swing him around the pit, He'll swing him at Klopp. You know, I do, I do respect it massively. Um, and no matter what with Arteta, you know, no matter what we felt, two weeks ago i do like his character i always have as a player i liked him He is not afraid he's not afraid to take on big decisions and if this is part of clearing out the culture in the club you know what an example he set to the likes of charlie patino i mean how long is it till he wins the ballot door
0: <laughs> oh charlie
1: patino <laughs> <laughs> you know but they have set examples. They're setting examples around the standard we're going to play that we're going to achieve at the club. If you don't meet them, you're out. And you're in or you're out. but being in is pretty special. You know, it, it, I was listening to um, who were the pundits yesterday uh, after the game. You had Merson and you had uh, Kevin Phillips. Kevin Phillips. And you talked about Inketia, something I talked about. But they were just saying, you know, you can feel something special is brewing. And I don't know how special. I also know I've been here before and got carried away. But it's pretty hard to sense that Arsenal aren't a team on the up. I mean, what's great is we fell so far down, so up is seventh. (laughs) So it's not hard for us to be on the up. But you just know, you can feel it around the club. It's been the waste field with the fans since the start of the season. There's engagement, there's connection, and there's players to believe in. Um, And if Arteta feels Aubameyang isn't meeting it, well, guess what? He's barely scoring. Anyway, he's scored scored one goal since October, you know... (sighs) I think I said this to you in person, but Aubameyang wouldn't be dropped if he was scoring. You know, we'd have found a way around this. Whatever he's done, we'd have found a way around it. So I think when you consider all of those things at once, Arteta's made a great call and it's impacting positively. So fair play to him. He's creating the right culture. I'm more on board with Arteta's culture than Aubameyang's.
0: Yeah, I think we're in agreement on that. And uh, I don't think uh, an awful lot more needs to be said about that because until... um upami is is reintegrated into the the Arsenal setup again um, if and when that does happen um it's it's going to be i suppose there's, there's going to be a question mark about about the whole situation until until that time because what we like like i said at the start we can't really afford to have a player on his salary not contributing mm-hmm. but like you said he's not scoring goals um, he's not affecting our play he's not really doing anything uh, that we'd expect of him, and I think I think it, the the right decision has been made. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in terms of the captaincy, but I think what we'll probably see is Lacazette generally taking the reins until mm. until the end of the season, uh, and then I think a decision will be made about a permanent captain after that. But um, yeah, speaking of uh, off centre forwards, I think uh, it's it'll be. Unfair not to speak about Eddie Nketiah last night um, and the wider implications of that because obviously he hit, he hit a, <laughs> a hat trick um, last night against Sunderland and I was texting you about him last night and then we we basically said that if you add all of his goals up in terms of distance from a, from the goal you you said that you probably wouldn't get past you well you're definitely not getting past the halfway line. <laughs> You know, I don't even think you're doing the width of the pitch. Um, no, no. Uh, but just—he's a poacher. He's—he's he's absolutely a poacher, and he will get goals um, at to a point, I think. And I think my overriding thing is that uh, as much as they were singing singing songs about him last night, and the, the pundits were raving about uh, Eddie and it's—it's it's difficult to get carried away because he's done this in the League Cup consistently whilst he's been at Arsenal. Yep. And he's not been able to force his way into the Premier League setup and he's not been able to consistently show himself as a Premier League goalscorer. And I think that's where the issue lies. Obviously Arteta does like it because he's still giving him minutes despite the fact that he's um quite publicly rejected a um a new contract offer. But I think He's, he's a sort of squad player that if he if he was happy just being beside behind the scenes and not being a regular starter, I think you'd be probably quite content with having him. But he's not someone you want to base your attack around.
1: No. And, and when you look, it's really hard because the guy just scored an absolutely fantastic hat-trick. No one scores in our team. I don't think scores any of the goals he scored yesterday. No, just not the flick. Definitely not the sort of thigh over the keeper. No one's in that position, you know. Maybe the odd chance, but you know, with him, it's much more instinctive. Um, I thought the way he took his second, uh, third goal was fantastic. But as a Premier League footballer, which he is, you know, if the ball's there, it it was asked to be flicked in like that. It was almost Pepe made that goal for me. Yeah. Still fantastic. I'm not knocking how good the finish was. It's the second one for me. We do not score goals like that. No, we just don't. We just don't. Um, and does he do that in the Premier League? I don't know. I don't know. It's really hard and confusing because I thought Sunderland looked really good and played some fantastic football. And if that's the standard in league one, my goodness is high. I know we won five, one, but they played, they played some nice, you know, I thought they played some nice stuff. Um, but defensively, Eddie ripped them apart. Um, I think he should be part of the squad for the... If I were him, I'd stay for two, three years. Take a loan next season. Come back to Arsenal and try and be the poacher off the bench. We're going to spend big money on someone in the summer. That's almost a fact. Um, and, and let him be the backup. You know, he'll get minutes. He'll get minutes under Arteta. He likes him. But I think he's the strangest footballer I've ever seen because I don't know if he's any good at football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? When you watch him, he doesn't pass it that well. We don't know if he's got a good shot but, because I don't think I've ever seen him shoot. Like, no. he he finishes it. He finishes moves and he's really good at it. And, you know, I know he missed that header at Everton. I think we'd be feeling so differently about him if he just scored that. Yeah. Because I think it would have been showing a, a thing in the Premier League. But he barely played. This is the first 90 minutes. I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm going... Well, surely he gets on the pitch for a period against Norwich. Yeah. Surely. Um, and that's all you can do as a manager. As All you can do as a player is put yourself out like that. But I suppose my question to you is, would you give him a contract? Would you offer him, re-offer him a contract? He said he wants minutes more than anything.
0: I, I'm probably quite in line with
1: your thinking
0: that I think he could be the backup next year. But it's it's such a hard one because you don't know <laughs> i know i'm just repeating what you said but you're right you, you don't know if he's any good <laughs> no, you um, don't. and i think look we've got we've got a couple of games coming up at like particularly uh, i'm looking at norwich he you'd he might be able to get some minutes then um, wolves potentially obviously man city on new year's day i wouldn't I wouldn't really expect him to be that that heavily involved and then and then we've got the fa cup after that mm. um so that would be another opportunity for him but I don't know I don't know if I like Like when, when I heard that he rejected the contract I wasn't that disappointed but as ever with football fans the fact that he scored a hat trick last night all of a sudden he's got me pining and going oh I don't really want him to I leave know, I you know what I mean it's a really, boy. <laughs> yeah I think that's the thing as well if he was not someone that we've nurtured through how well i know i know we we picked him up quite late from chelsea didn't we um but because he's come through that academy setup it's it's one that you're desperate you desperately want it to work because we've got such a an influx of academy graduates breaking through and performing so well or young players that we've nabbed from other clubs that are doing well for us and it's just you want him to be part of that because he fits that age profile and he fits that arsenal uh, genetic makeup but i don't know if i would it's not he's not someone that i would base a, a future around but you need to have squad players as well mm-hmm. and if he can consistently show that he can get goals um from those sort of situations and that he can uh, contribute. Um, like, like I, I don't know, from the bench, if he could contribute uh, in different competitions, particularly if we're in Europe next season, like 10 goals, then that, that's invaluable. But whether he can or not is, is another matter. But we'll have to wait The and see. only thing
1: I'd say is that if we're going to get into Europe next season, he'll get even more minutes if he's striker number two and he's yes. got a chance to play his way in. That would be my advice to him. Is that wherever he goes, he's not going to get that opportunity at a club like this. You know, he's not going to Chelsea. Do you know what I mean? He's not going to City. He's not going to Man U, Liverpool, whoever else is in and around us. He, he's going to Everton. He's going to Palace, Southampton. You know, he, he has much more of an opportunity to make more of himself by signing a couple of years, you know, maybe a three year deal with an agreement after two years. If he's not getting the minutes, he can go. What is he, 20, 21? Yeah. Very young in terms of striker, uh, mm-hmm. and he's going to get a lot of minutes next season if we do make Europe. But my key question for you is so we're in the semi finals of the League Cup. Well done, everyone. Would you rather win the League Cup, which I believe gets you a Europa Conference place, by the way? Yes. Or finish in the top four?
0: Oh, you know I love a trophy. <laughs> And I've spoken on this this podcast before, because obviously, although we won the League Cup in 93, um, I was way too young to remember that. Uh, And it's a trophy that I've not seen Arsenal actually win. And and I've seen Arsenal win three League Cup finals, seen us lose three times. And it's it's one that I'm, I'm really desperate to see Arsenal win. But I think... Top four is a game changer in terms of if we can get back in the top four, the revenue that, that 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 brings, and just the the progress that that would show from last season to this season. If we could maintain that and finish in the top four, I think I think that's massive, and I th- I think I'm probably leaning towards that. And I okay. and I, I find that upsetting because football for me is about. Winning things—it's about those those days out at Wembley. It's about um, the journey to to those cup finals and winning those trophies. But I think the the bigger picture is so hard to look past top four and, and the importance of that. And I, I I think if you're probably the Arsenal hierarchy, you're probably looking at the top four as being the the primary target mm-hmm. um, ahead of winning the League Cup.
1: All right. What about top six?
0: <laughs> I think in terms of the general progression of the club I think I think Europa League is a minimum target for this season um, so uh, that's a hard one because I don't I, I, I want Arsenal to be back in Europe in some capacity, I don't want Arsenal to be in the Europa Conference League I really don't want them to, as much as from a fan's perspective, it'd be hilarious going to some of the grounds. Um, I don't want, I don't want Arsenal to be in 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 that situation. So, but I want Arsenal to win a trophy. So I think probably, given that 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 as a uh, an option, I'd probably go with the trophy option.
1: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I I, I don't know. I I probably would lean towards. If I know this is a really this doesn't make sense because you can't have it. But if we, what I'd loved about this season is not having Europe, and it's made a difference. But yeah, so we could win the League Cup, still show progression, but not then play in the Conference League. That'd be great. But that does that version doesn't exist. Um, so I think I'm leaning more towards. I think uh, I'd probably take League Cup uh, over finishing in the top six. But I, I just it sort of it's an impossibility. Those two can't coexist, which is the more likely outcome if we do go all the way in the League Cup. I mean, it's only three games more now, maybe even only two games more, depending on what they decide. And I cannot believe, by the way, I know we won't talk about it. I cannot believe they haven't pulled the fixtures between Boxing Day and New Year and put them in where the Carabao Cup is. I literally can't believe it. I think it's insane. And I saw Jordan Henderson coming out and saying something about player welfare. And I thought Klopp spoke brilliantly on it after the Tottenham game. That they had. Yeah. You know, I, I, we want to see, you know, it's something I, I wrote to speech about, but I've got to be honest. if I would rather pause the season in its entirety than, than have empty stadiums because yeah. it's just not the same sport. We've got a weird, you know, if this is what it gets to, which I don't think it should, if this is what it gets to, we've got a weird season next season. If they need to stretch, stretch it out for longer, then they need to stretch it out for longer. They won't, because <laughs> they're greedy. But football isn't the same with empty stadiums, you know? No. Even yesterday, appreciate we couldn't go, and that's one of those things. But seeing the stadium full makes such a difference. And hearing the Sunderland sports get behind their team and seeing how many of them there were and, and hearing our fans really celebrate Eddie's goal and, and hearing the songs and everything, there's nothing like it. And it's why we love it. And last year fell out of love with it quite a lot because we were terrible, but we were terrible in a soulless, empty world with no fans. Um, And I really just, that's sort of my hope is that they look after the players a bit more, make some sensible decisions. So This can all go ahead. You know, I don't even think a 10,000 capacity does the job for me at a stadium as large as the Emirates, Old Trafford, Etihad, whatever. It, It doesn't work, you know. So it's, it's, it's very challenging at the moment to know where it's going to go. But sort of, I, I'd rather games didn't go ahead than in an empty stadium. What do, what do you think?
0: I completely agree. Um, I think, I mean, we're obviously speculating here, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if Boxing Day fixtures go ahead like it's normal and then there's a bit of a lockdown after that. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see that and, have, and then football potentially being behind closed doors again. Um, but it's not the same. It's... It's not the same for the players. It's not the same for our supporters. Um, it's, I, I, I completely agree. I think if you could pause the season and just have that circuit breaker um, within football as well as within society, I think that would be the way forward. Um, what, what happens is just speculation. We'll just have to wait and see. But the thought of potentially missing games obviously Wolves at home we've got Man City at home we've got Forest in the Cup and then we've got the League Cup semi-final um, coming up shortly after that it's 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 a hard one to sort of compartmentalise to think that potentially we might not be able to be at those games mm-hmm. because there's some really important games in there not just mm-hmm. in the League but obviously the two Cup competitions there's some really vital fixtures in there for us so it's 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 really really hard to think about and I've tried not to think about it up until this point because it's just, I find, I find it quite upsetting because it's such an important part of, of our our lives. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see, but you're absolutely right about player welfare as well. Um, I think we're seeing such high case numbers within Premier League squads that I think something needs to be done just to break that cycle. Mm. And I think as, as much as, uh, I, I, you, you were looking at, I was looking at when Chelsea tried to get their game all Wolves postponed and Tuchel was talking about um, breaking that cycle and I agreed with that. But then obviously then you look at a squad like Chelsea and Chelsea put, put out the team that they put out. But I think you have to look at the bigger picture and the bigger picture is that it's rife within professional clubs at the moment and there's so many fixtures that are not able to go ahead or maybe shouldn't go ahead because of case numbers. I mean, Arsenal, how many did we, did we have? We've got three as of last night, didn't we? So yeah. Pablo Marie, Callum Chambers and Stanley. Sandy La Conga. So it's, you'd, you'd probably expect that, that number to rise as well, wouldn't you? Because yeah, and it's like anything. The, the only
1: thing I'd say to you that I thought uh, made me really smile about um, uh, Chelsea is they've got 33 players out oh. on loan. So, so so my sympathy is, is there but it's so it only goes so far because like bring four of them back you got a bench do you know what i mean like you can't have it both ways chelsea but more generally yes you're right you know it shouldn't yeah. have gone ahead
0: but yeah, it did make me, it also <laughs> also made me laugh when Tuchel was talking about um, the issue. He was just like, "I'm gonna have to use under 23 players." It's just like that's what normal clubs do, mate. <laughs> 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 this is That's that's normal. What, what what's wrong with you?
1: <laughs> I know, I know. So yeah, but, let's uh, see. But it's, it's it's we'll see. We'll see what happens. But now it's been an amazing build up to Christmas from Arsenal. Absolutely thrilled with the last four games and. If we can make the next two before City wins, um, feel very very bright indeed.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to the City game on New Year's Day.
1: Not um, even one percent.
0: Because I just I don't see in any realm that we get a result, <laughs> no. regard regardless of if we win the next two games. I totally don't agree. Just think it's just so unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> don't be agree. <totally> <laughs> but. Um, that, that that one it's really depressing to games like that because you think of them like you almost have to think of it like relegation teams would think, like having a free hit and so it's com- it's completely a free hit for us because no one's expecting us to win. <laughs> I hate <laughs> I hate that mindset I like I hated when we went to the Chelsea game earlier in the season um, that was another one that I felt like we were going to just to go through the motions. <laughs>
1: Agreed, agreed. And it, it, it will feel like that, but, you know, at least we're less likely to have a sore head, considering we're going to be, you know, locked down by then anyway.
0: Yes, absolutely. So uh, <laughs> it'll be far nicer to enjoy. Um, anything else we need to cover? I think we've...
1: Uh... Yeah, we, we're, we're, we're flying, Tom. We're flying. Oh, yeah, it fantastic, fantastic four games. Only good things at the moment. It's much easier when it's good vibes only. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because normally we we go up to about 50, 55 minutes. <laughs>
1: yeah, and ten, ten of it's just moaning.
0: Yeah, and we haven't got to do that today, so that's fantastic. Um, what I will say as well is, obviously, I know that uh, within this podcast we've been a bit uh, not not as consistent as we have previously, and obviously we've covered why that why that is, but it's still something which I find enormously enjoyable to do with you, yes. Andre, yes. and. Yes, it's it's very very therapeutic um to me particularly when things aren't going so well um so i just wanted to say thank you very much for that andre it's been a, it's been a real real pleasure to do these with you and obviously we'll do some more in the new year as well particularly if we end up back in another lockdown i'm sure we'll uh, we'll get some in then for but sure. um sure but yeah that leads uh, leads me to say Andre, I hope you have a fantastic Christmas. Obviously, I will speak to you uh, beforehand and on the day, and probably after, seeing as I speak to you every day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, the same to you, my friend, and all our um, all our listener Your listeners. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas to all of our listeners, Declan. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, yeah, we'll see you on the other side. But have a very Merry Christmas and. Hopefully, a happy new year, but we'll see what the uh, the world looks like in a few days' time. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back very soon with another podcast. Thank you, and goodbye.